Welcome to the Sports Report Podcast with Ben, Ricky, and Jalen. We cover trending and popular topics surrounding the world of professional and on-campus sports. With each of us having a unique sports background, we give different perspectives and insight on the current climate of sports news. And now, here are your hosts. Welcome back to the Sports Report Pod, classes in session. I'm Ben, alongside Jalen and Ricky, and today we have a special guest with us. We have Daniel Gabar. Daniel, how's your day going? My day's going pretty good. How about you guys? It's been pretty phenomenal. Good. Yeah, pretty good, bro. Pretty good. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad we got you. We got you on the pod, bro. I know you've been you've been you've been doing your thing, especially on uh, YouTube and TikTok. I definitely been peeping that, and you know you're one of my one of my good friends. Uh, well, we we started when we know each other since middle school, right? Yeah, middle school, eighth yeah. grade. Yes, sir. And he was always one of those guys where I always value his opinion, whether that's talking sports or anything else. Cause awesome. A lot of people be be at school think think they know sports, but they <laughs> they don't. But he was he was definitely one of those guys that had a hot, had a good opinion about you know all different types of stuff. Um, the first question I wanted to get into uh with you was just your involvement in sports growing up. Um, I, I know, but a, a lot of people probably don't know. You want to get into, um, you know, how, how you came up in sports and, and what you did? Yeah, I mean, pretty much I just grew up in a in a household with a bunch of older brothers. I'm the youngest of, like, eight, so everyone in this house watched sports. Uh, we all grew up Laker fans and stuff. So just, like, waking up and seeing, you know, sports games on the TV, football, whether it's football or basketball, even soccer at some point. And then, uh, you know, all my life in, like, elementary, middle school, even high school, I always wanted to play sports and stuff. So just more so, you know, getting involved and watching it with people and stuff like that. So, yeah. It definitely, definitely. Yeah, we got a, we got a big uh, Lakers fan, too, Ben. He's a he's a big Lakers fan. We're going to get on the Lakers later, but that is, that's going to definitely be a good conversation for sure. Yeah, transitioning over uh, – what's up, Daniel? It's Jalen here. Um for our, any listeners who want to check out uh, Daniel's stuff, it's at uh, Kareem Gabar on TikTok and YouTube. Uh, go check his stuff out. Um, after just doing a quick scroll on your YouTube and TikTok, awesome stuff up there. Uh, when did you start making videos and what inspired you to start making content? Uh, I initially started making videos around like, um, I want to say 2021, the beginning of 2021. Um, I started making videos first on YouTube and then I wanted to change it transitioned into another app and then i downloaded tiktok and started scrolling on there and seen a lot of other sports pages so i decided to make one myself and what motivated me is just uh uh honestly seeing feedback like i would just uh my first couple videos did pretty good and i got a lot of engagement so just seeing other people's feedback and like being able to just discuss anything any topic with anyone from you know anywhere around the world was pretty dope so i wanted to keep going from there that's awesome what do you think has been the difference between um doing your stuff on YouTube and doing your stuff on TikTok. I know on your YouTube, you got a lot of commentary on there, um, a lot of takes uh, with some phenomenal uh, visuals. And, and on TikTok, it's a lot of clips and stuff like that. Um, so what do you think is the biggest difference in your approach to doing uh, both? Uh, the biggest difference to me, I would say, is um, on YouTube, I think people's attention span is a lot longer. So dropping videos about, you know, like commentary and uh, wanting to, like, teach people or people who just want to, you know, engage in the same topics. It's right. kind of easier to find those kind of people on YouTube. And then on TikTok, it's more like you got to have to mix in, like, a comedy side as well as, like, an, uh, you know, involving comedy and sports together, kind of like quick videos to get engagement. So I think getting people engaged is it's completely different on, on both of those apps. Right. 
Any uh, any of your favorite content creators right now that you draw inspiration from? Like, who are you watching right now that you like? Um, I've always uh, I've been I used to watch Mike Korzenba. Yeah, he was yeah he was uh, uh, him Jimmy High Roller was pretty good, and then uh, honestly Flight Reacts that's probably like my favorite content <laughs> oh, creator timeless. of all time. He's super funny. So yeah. I was a huge Mike Korzenba guy too. Yeah, he is big Mike Korzenba guy, big gesture guy. The high pals, the two high pals. Yep. Yeah. High roller. He's actually from Washington. He's from Vancouver, uh, Washington. So, uh, he's. I didn't even know that. Yeah. He's. He went to um Wazoo for or I think he went to Wazoo for track. Yeah, I know he went to Wazoo. I didn't know he was from here though. That's crazy. Yeah. Good to know. Well, the the two the the main videos that um I seen when you were you were coming up the the Kyrie video one on TikTok which like has over a million views and then the mm-hmm. Dame video. That he he reposted it right on his Instagram, on his Instagram story. Yeah, he did. Yeah, so take us through that. Like, how how are you feeling when you dropped those those videos, and like, how was your emotions when when all that just came came around? Yeah, so it was just a random night. Kyrie was like streaming on Twitch, and I kind of was doing recording it, and I just found parts that I liked, and I ended up posting it on uh, on TikTok, and then I posted it very late at night. It was like 11 p.m., so I had went to sleep. And I woke up the next morning, and it had like a couple hundred thousand views, which I had never that had never happened Damn. on my page before. So I was like super shocked. And then like as time kept going, like I think it was the next day, it ended up hitting like 800k, and I was like, "There's no way this is gonna hit a million. Then it just kept going and it kept going, and eventually it hit a million. And then like I was, it was like a month later, I think a month and a half later, someone randomly commented on my TikTok and was like, "Damien Lillard reposted your video." And I thought it was a more recent video that I posted, so I, I went on his story. At first, I didn't believe it. I, I like put laughing emojis when I responded to the guy, and then I actually checked it, and I seen it, and I was like, "Yo, what the hell? That's crazy that he actually reposted it." The fact that you know he could just be scrolling and see a video of mine or anyone that makes content like me is pretty dope. So, yeah, that's that's kind of how it went. Yeah, that's super cool. Did did he text you or anything, or like, or 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 say to say anything to you, or or he just did he just repost it? Nah, he just he just posted the video, and then I just seen like my watermark, my username on there, and I was like, oh wow, that's crazy. Yeah, that's dope. That, that's pretty dope. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. very impressive. Um, now we're gonna transition. So you're a Lakers fan. I'm also a Lakers fan. Um, trade deadline, we did not do anything. Um, buyout market, we added Spencer Dinwiddie. How are you feeling about the Lakers right now? Oh, man. I mean, in February, we're kind of rolling. We're 6-1 and one in February, including wins against teams like the Knicks and the Celtics, you know, without LeBron and AD against the Celtics. Uh, I'm pretty surprised on how well this team is playing. I think they're starting to figure it out. Um, adding Spencer Dinwiddie was pretty good, especially having them in the second unit when, you know, D'Lo and Austin Reeves are kind of off the game or when they're on. Uh, I think his passing and his shooting is it's going to work pretty well with this team. Um, I think more so of wanting to get Vando and Reddish back, you know, kind of help with our perimeter defense. I think that's always been an issue this whole entire season. And then figuring out who actually needs to play, which, you know, when we reach the playoffs and stuff, I think figuring out who actually needs to play and who needs to sit out is going to be very key for this team later on. So I feel pretty good about this team. And and Ben knows all about uh, criticizing, or not criticizing, but taking a look at who needs to play and who doesn't need to play. The countless uh, Torian Prince rants on this pod. Our <laughs> listeners are very familiar. <laughs> <laughs> Man, yeah, Torian Prince, Prince 
he's a good role player, but he's a bench player. Darvin Ham's obsession with him, starting him for the first fifty games of the season, was crazy. And he's been playing better, yeah. Now that like he's, he's kind of yeah, he's bench. defined that role. He's been pretty good. It should have been Rui or Vando starting the whole year. Yeah, I think at first it should have been Vando, but now the way Rui's playing, I think he should definitely keep his starting his starting spot. Uh, I mean, yeah, Torian Prince, and that's been a crazy topic this whole entire season. At some point, he was playing the third most minutes on our team and the most minutes of his career. And I think he's like 32 or 33. So, yeah, I don't know what Darvin Ham was doing there, but I think I think he's got it down now. So, hopefully that changes. Yeah, I think they're finally uh, figuring it out. Um, do you think the Lakers have enough to where they can move up to a top six seed, or do you think they're going to be in the play-in? Um, my biggest thing is how many games can this team win when LeBron or AD decide to sit out? They've been pretty healthy this year. And, I mean, as of recently, they are winning games without both of them. So I think that, to me, is a big X factor. If they can win a couple games when they decide to rest, I think this team could definitely be uh, the sixth seed, especially with the way the Kings and the Pelicans have been kind of playing. The Pelicans have been pretty good recently, but the Kings have been struggling as of recent. So, And they're the eighth seed right now. So it, it depends on how the Pelicans in Dallas plays, but I can definitely see this team being uh, the sixth seed at some point this season. Jalen, do you want to add anything about your Kings? Yeah, Dan- Daniel, I'm a Kings fan from the Bay Area, and it has just been some brutal basketball. It all started with that Pistons loss at home. I talked about that on the last show. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, Fox at the beginning of the season was just balling out. Him and Sabonis had really good chemistry, as they always have since he got to Sacramento. Um, but now yeah. that Fox has kind of uh, regressed back to the mean, and he's still playing at all-star caliber level, um, but they're, mm-hmm. they're just not getting production from anyone else besides their big two. Uh, Monk has been been really good the whole season um, in his role, um, but when when Fox goes cold, it's hard for them to score. And no, like you said, totally, they've just been on a skid recently. It's been tough for me. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. they've had a lot of a lot of blowout losses this year. Is something I've noticed. It's kind of inconsistent. They, like they will either be a really good team or they will get blown out by a team that they shouldn't have gotten blown out It's by. a night-to-night thing. You're exactly right. And that's what's so hard because last year, I feel like it wasn't like that. Like, Mike Brown got them prepared for every matchup. And, yeah, they would struggle, mm-hmm. especially on defense, which they're still having uh, trouble with uh, this year. They kind of struggle with uh, perimeter defenders. Sabonis does a lot of the hard work down low. Um, but, yeah, just you never know what you're going to get. And that's the worst as a fan when – it's inconsistent. At least if yeah. you know your team is constantly improving and steadily, you know, looking better and better each week. That's mm-hmm. one thing. But when you just don't know what you're gonna get, especially when expectations are high after you make the playoffs, it's brutal. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Ricky, do you have anything to add on the Western Conference being so tight? Um, we did talk about it last week. How uh, I only personally believed that the Pelicans were gonna drop. I didn't know the King. I thought the Kings were gonna honestly pick it up. Um, they could, they still have a chance to pick it up later on uh, after All Star break. Yeah, definitely. But um, yeah, I didn't put in account the Kings. The way the Kings are playing, I do uh, see the Lakers possibly going up in in uh, at least the sixth seed. But as far as the one through five, I think it's solidified. I, I don't, the Timberwolves just scared me. I don't know, but I, they they have to be top five. I think. Um, but yeah, I I do see the Lakers going up. I like how they've been playing lately, and just how you guys mentioned, Rui's been uh getting more minutes, so he he's been doing pretty good. But it just all really determines on health and 
who's going to be available. And I know we harp on this every week, but the West is so stacked. stacked. Out of this 1 through 10 um, seeds, all of them in their last 10 are above 500, except for the Nuggets, who are 5-5, five and five, who the Kings just got a huge win over in Denver. Mm-hmm. Um, but besides that, every single one of these uh, teams are over 500 in their last 10 games. Just ridiculous how good the talent is in the Western Conference. Yeah, I yeah, think uh, going back to Rui, last night Rui and AD became the first uh, Lakers duo to have 35-plus in a game since Kobe and Shaq. So in the regular season, LeBron and AD did do it in the playoffs. Um, but Rui's finally getting consistent minutes, which I've been harping for all season. Um, there was times in the season where Cam Reddish and Torian Prince were getting significantly more minutes than him, and just didn't make sense to me, but... Darvin Ham seems to finally be getting the rotation right, and we still do have a lot of injured players right now, so throwing them back in, it'll be interesting to see how Ham handles his rotation. Um, transitioning to Kobe's statue revealing, um, what do you think about the unveiling and how he's going to get three statues? Oh, I thought the fact that he's getting three statues was crazy and in a good way i thought that was amazing um they're doing i think the first one was the 81 uh it was the 81 uh pose when he scored 81 against the raptors and then um i like how they honored uh his daughter Gigi in one of the uh statues so uh i can't wait till they unveil the other two what do you think the pose for the 24 one will be i think it should be like a fade i think that would be the best one because you know it's iconic post fade so if they can do that, that would be dope. Mm. If, or um, when they when they had beat Boston the second time, and he like stood up on the uh, where like the scores table is, yeah, and the whole crowd was like in front of him. I think those two poses would be great. Yeah, I agree. I think that's what uh, I've seen most fans advocating for is one of those two. Um, but it's crazy. He'll be the first player to have three statues, and it's all with one team. It's not like someone like. LeBron might end up getting three because he's played for three franchises, but Kobe getting mm-hmm. three with just the Lakers is a very cool gesture and um, very impressive. Definitely. Shows how important he was to the city of L.A. Definitely. Definitely. Definitely, definitely deserves that. Um, transitioning on to the NBA right now, um, I seen you I seen you made a video on J-Dub, and I, I really liked the video. I enjoyed how you broke everything down. I totally agree mm-hmm. with, you know, the young stars right now are top of the line. We're seeing Anthony Edwards right now, they're number one. Shea, the Thunder, they're they're number two. Like changing in the guard, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 getting it's getting good. Um what are for one, I'm gonna ask you, do you believe well we, we never even thought the Thunder or the Timberwolves were gonna be this good, uh, especially this part of the season. Did you expect that coming into the season? Honestly, I have my questions with this team because I didn't know how good Chet Holman would be. Uh, you know, coming off an injury, it happened to set out a whole year. And definitely, I thought it was going to take him some time to get in rhythm. But the fact that he came in right away and was averaging like 17 and is shooting very well from three and playing good defense, I think that's what really uh, sparked this OKC team to be this good. Uh, Shea broke out last year already. So him, you know, doing what he's doing this year, it's not really a surprise to me, but uh, like you said, I made that video about J-Dub, but like even just watching him this year, I'm still surprised by how well he's playing. Other bench is, is, is kind of – the only reason why I didn't have him this high is because their bench, it's till this day, has been very questionable. Um, I had him around, like, I said the highest they can be is fourth, 
which I still think they will end up either being like the third or fourth seed just because of how well the Clippers and I think the Nuggets are going to play after the All-Star break. Mm-hmm. So, no, I didn't really expect them to be a top two seed at this point, but anywhere from like four to seven is where I had them before the season started. Yeah, I think uh, J-Dub especially has been very important for their team. Uh, obviously, Chet and Shea are up there too. But he had a really good rookie year. Um and a lot of people get into a sophomore slump, and that hasn't been the case for him. He's really emerged as a, a young star in this league. So the Thunder have a real good recipe that teams are going to try and copy now. They stockpiled all those picks, landed mm-hmm. young, talented players, and they still have the flexibility when a superstar comes on the market to go trade for one. Yeah, I agree. I think that's what Houston is doing right now because they have all those picks from uh, the Brooklyn trade that they made with Harden. So I think that's definitely a team to watch out for. Yeah, you mentioned Chet, and I want to talk about that a little bit. One thing that we, I feel like we haven't covered as much as some other topics on this show is the Rookie of the Year race um, and how close and really how deep uh, this rookie class has kind of turned out to be. A lot of them uh, are very, very productive starters for contending teams. In my opinion, Victor Webanyama slowly kind of separating himself from the rest of the class. Goodness gracious, that dude is really good. Uh, I, I actually watched his first summer league game, um, the one that wasn't good, the, the the game right before he kind of showed everybody he was super good. Uh, mm-hmm. But the first ever summer league game, I, I uh, had the privilege to go check that out and watch it uh, over at UNLV in Vegas. Um, and the size of that guy... Seeing it in person, like, you don't believe that, I mean, he's making NBA players look so small. Um, yeah. And he's got the skills to do it, too. He can he can attack vertically. He's got amazing back-to-the-basket moves, and his uh, interior defense is just amazing. I think he's averaging more than three blocks a game uh, with a double-double, 20 points and 10 rebounds. He just had a triple-double with blocks. Uh, first rookie to do that since Spurs counterpart David Robinson back in the 90s. What do you guys think of uh, Webanyama's rookie campaign? I think he's been very impressive. Um, Spurs as a team haven't been successful, but individually he's been great. And he's not even playing a ton of minutes. I think they're kind of holding him between 28 to 30. Yeah. So it's very impressive. I think he's really broken off from Chet. I think Chet's the clear now second best rookie. So I think he's... As long as he doesn't get hurt the second half of the year, he's going to win Rookie of the Year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. He definitely exceeded my expectations for sure. Um, at first, I was leaning towards Chet just off the record. But since I've seen that he could get a triple-double off blocks, I don't think he could come back from that. So <laughs> I, I feel like definitely if he doesn't get injured, he's going to be the Rookie of the Year. You can't really argue the record now just off I, – I, I really don't – I don't think they could argue that. Um, so yeah, I see. I see him going uh, rookie of the year for sure. Yeah, I agree with Ricky as well. I think at first I was uh, harping on the Thunder's record and saying that Chet should be rookie of the year just yep. because of how much he's impacting a winning team. Yeah, and also his efficiency at the beginning of the season was a lot higher than Wemby's. You know, and that's kind of due to what OKC has on the you know on the roster. Right, but he's shooting like forty percent from three and was you know averaging just as much blocks at one point in the season. So. I think Chet definitely had a case at some point, but the way Wemby has been playing recently, you know, no matter how many wins the Spurs end up with, you just cannot take this award from him at this point in the season. So I agree completely. Yeah. I think 
uh, yeah, at the beginning of the year, the Thunder knew they had a direction, you know, going into the season. Um, and Chet had a role. He had a clear, defined role on a winning team, and he was thriving in that role. He was getting a ton of open looks, like you said. Um, really successful from three. Two shooting numbers are really good. Whereas Webanyama at the beginning of the year, because of the Spurs kind of didn't have any expectations, didn't have a clearly defined role, at least offensively. Um, but now that he's kind of gotten comfortable, um, he's cooking. X. Yeah, there's outside of those two, there's still been so many impressive rookies this year. Yeah. Um, Brandon Miller, there was a lot of questions about him yes. going into the draft, and he's killing it with Charlotte now. And Jaime Hawkes kind of came out of nowhere. Um, Brandon uh, Podzemski from the Warriors. Um, Derek Lively on the Mavs. Yeah, Lively's been a great year. So it's just it's been a really good rookie class, and I felt like so much of the attention went to Wemby and Chet going into his rookie year since he missed last year. Um, but there's been a lot of really good rookies. Uh, even Scoot Henderson's starting to turn it around of late. Um, mm-hmm. So who besides Wemby and Chet has stood out to you? I think Brandon Miller stood out is standing out to me for sure. Uh, I think before the draft. Um, a lot of people thought he wasn't NBA ready due yeah. to his ability to create a shot for himself, especially like on ball. That was definitely an issue in Alabama. So people thought, uh, you know, when he goes to the league, that that's going to have the same issue. But you can definitely tell that he's worked on this game this year, and he's had some insane stretches. Um, I think uh, forgot who they played, but before they played the Lakers, he had his career high, and then he matched his career high against the Lakers. You know, he had those that two game stretch this year. So I think his ability to score the ball at his height is going to really help his team once they actually figure out, you know, what what their future is. So Brandon Miller is definitely standing out for me. Jalen, do you have anyone that stood out to you? Took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to go with Brandon Miller as well. Um, no, ex- it kind of exactly what uh, what Daniel mentioned. Uh, I personally was uh, kind of a part of that group that was questioning Brandon Miller's physicality especially. Um, he was such a good slasher at Alabama, but just the frame, I was like, I don't know how well this is going to translate. He's going to be taking a lot of shots with Charlotte just because the rest of that roster is not very good. Um, but he has really flourished, like you said, um, kind of diversifying his scoring ability, uh, shooting the ball way better this month, um, than the past couple of months. So he's slowly improving. That's really what you want to see from a rookie. Not necessarily the numbers, but just the the percentages and how he looks on the court, his comfortability. And Miller has yeah. taken a, a ton of steps. Uh, Pazemski is another guy. I actually saw him too during summer league um, when I made that trip down to Vegas. And what really stuck out to me when I watched him, just in terms of eye test, was his rebounding. His nose for the ball, um, especially as a guard, is really good. Um, I think he's averaging close to six rebounds per game uh, in a limited role this this year with the Warriors, which is super impressive since that team is lacking rebounding so much. Um, but he's another guy. Hawkeyes, like you said, Ben, is, is balling out. And Lively, too, who's gotten such a big role for the Mavericks. Yeah, I added uh, Pajinski on my fantasy the other day. He got me He got me right with, with a 30-piece, so I'm liking that. But I, I really, I, like you guys said, Lively, I was high on Lively in the beginning of the year. Um, right now, it's going to be interesting to see because they just got uh, Daniel Gofford from the Wizards, yeah. Yeah. and he's playing a lot of minutes, and yeah. he's playing pretty good. Yeah, Gafford's so, Yeah, so I'm not, I'm not sure how they're going to implement both of them together. I haven't watched the Mavs game since they acquired uh, Gofford, but 
it it should it, sh- it looks scary if both of them are are going to be playing uh the way the way they have been with Kyrie and Luka. I mean, it, it should be good. So I think they're I think they're going to push uh make a make a, a run uh after All-Star break, definitely. Yeah, we haven't seen Lively yet since they've gotten Gafford. He's been hurt. Um but once he's back, it'll be interesting who they give the starting nod to. But <coughs> Dallas, after the trade deadline, getting Gafford and P.J. Washington, definitely a team to look out for uh, the back half of this the season. Um, so we're going into the All-Star break now. Um, is there anything you're excited for for All-Star weekend, Daniel? Uh, yeah, uh, the three-point contest. Uh, Sabrina and Nisku and Steph, uh, I'm pretty sure they're doing like a little event. I'm yeah. definitely excited for that. It's a three-point contest in general. I think that's always one of the competitions that's always kind of stayed the same. No matter who's in it, it's always pretty competitive. And uh, honestly, the Celebrity All-Star game is always pretty funny, so I'm waiting for that as well. Yeah, I think that three-point contest between Steph and Sabrina will be interesting. Um, Ricky, who do you have winning? <laughs> I gotta go with Steph, bro. Come on, <laughs> I gotta go with Steph. I mean, it's Steph. <laughs> yeah, it's Steph. I'm gonna play devil's advocate. I'm going with Sabrina Ionescu to win that. She's a Bay Area girl. I'm from the Bay Area. Gotta stick to my roots. And she's a baller. She could shoot. She could shoot. She could shoot it for sure. I'm I'm going with Sabrina. Upset. Okay, I'm going with Steph. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Steph is just unreal from three. I mean. They're both really great shooters, but I think Steph is like so competitive that he's he's just gonna represent for the NBA. Yeah, I kind of want Sabrina to win though. Just it would be for cool. The Twitter, I mean, that would be cool. Twitter. Yeah, Clay picked yeah. Sabrina to win, so like even Steph's teammate. <laughs> yeah, we talked a little bit off air. I think they are doing it. Uh, WNBA, right? Um, yeah, I think Sabrina gets ball. to use her ball and her three point line. Steph gets to use the NBA three and NBA ball. So. Yeah. It'll be who's the best at their sport. It's not going to be, okay, one's transitioning, so it's going to be harder for them. Yeah, that's cool that it's – Um, I like how they're doing it where it's not necessarily the NBA All-Star break. It's like basketball All-Star break. Um, celebrate everybody in basketball and to get more fans engaged. I think it's super cool. I agree. Um, is there anything anyone else wants to add? Daniel, how would you like the Super Bowl, bro? What's your thought? You're a, um, you're a Denver fan, right? Yeah, I'm a Broncos fan. Wow. <laughs> Well, for one, how was the? Did you like the Super Bowl? How'd you, uh, how'd you like the Super Bowl? Um, I thought the game was great. I think um, you know these last two Super Bowls that we got have definitely been the best in recent history. Uh, you know, probably of the last decade. I think these last two games have been really good. Um, but in terms of uh, last Sunday, man, I think the Niners. That was such a winnable game, man. It, it's crazy that they lost. Honestly, uh, I think in overtime, their decision to you know get the ball first it. I could see why they did it, but I just don't agree with it. But I don't – it's just too many mistakes that Shanahan and the defensive coordinator made that game, Yeah, that lost in that game. So, yeah. I, yeah, going off the OT thing, there's been so much talk about that on, on football Twitter and football social media. What makes it worse is that I don't think that they went into the OT – like, okay, we want the ball because we want the ball third. I think that they didn't know about the rule – and we're just like, we're going to get the ball. Whereas the Chiefs, yeah. you know, had their set plan if they got to that point. Because yeah, I know. They would have gone for two if <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. 49ers would have scored a touchdown. Like Shanahan said, I think in the press, or maybe not the press conference, but maybe the next day that we're like, he was like, oh, we want the we wanted the ball third. Yeah. 
You weren't getting it. Third. There's no way. <laughs> There's no way that they thought they were going to get the ball. There was going to be a third possession LT. No way. Yeah. But and like you mentioned with the with the defensive coordinator and and Shanahan, I think um, a lot of it was on the defensive coordinator. That well, he did just get fired. Yes, yes, I did see that as well, and I saw that many. A lot of people think that it was sh- like putting the Super Bowl on Shanahan. Oh, Niners haven't won a Super Bowl in this many appearances. The common denominator is him, but I think he called a really good second half. Uh, just the but the defense coordinator the de- they were playing they, like prevent defense they got away they got away from handing the ball off that's for sure that's what my that criticism true. of Shanahan is is that's what happened in two Super Bowls now uh, well actually yeah. three because they were up by ten three. the Chiefs a couple times yeah um, but when he was with Atlanta they were still pass heavy against New England as when he was the offensive coordinator if he had run mm-hmm. the ball they would have won that Super Bowl um, yeah and then. This last game, if he just runs the ball more in that second half, like the run was dominant when they yeah. were going with it. Yeah, the, fir- was, the first drive, McCaffrey was. And then like late in overtime too, but yeah. they just in the middle of the game, they're like, we're going to stop running the ball. And they had a bunch of three and outs, and that's why Kansas City was able to fight back into the game. And yeah. the blunders on the 49ers staff, we can talk about that all we want, but that shouldn't take away from how well uh, – I forget the Chiefs. Steve, uh, how do you pronounce his last Steve name? Spagnola. Spagnola. Oh, oh my he's goodness! Such a sweat, Masterclass. He just got an extension. Calling the perfect blitzes in the perfect point. That fourth and four, where Brock kind of, where Brock Purdy chucks it up to Juwan Jennings and no one's there. That's because Spagnola called cornerback blitz on a fourth and four. One of the most gutsy calls. He said, "We're gonna go down with pressure." Sent Chet McDuffie, who had an amazing game. Ton of pass breakups, especially in the backfield. Um, and got them to the win. So Spagnola, he was. I mean, they just got outcoached. Yeah, like we were talking about. I think also if Mahomes hadn't won Super Bowl MVP, it would have been McDuffie or Chris Jones. They were both really disruptive. Yes, in the game. yeah, wreaking havoc the whole yeah, game. McDuffie was great. And Jones was getting some pressure at certain points to where Purdy just threw it up like out of bounds. Yeah, and forced like key plays where I think the one in overtime um, where he overthrew Ayuk. Um, or he was like Ayuk was open and he didn't throw it. Yeah, off the sideline is a little corner. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was Chris Jones pushing towards him, so yeah, he couldn't pressure, couldn't get a good throw off, and so Mahomes I think earned the Super Bowl MVP, but McDuffie and Jones were definitely second and third. Yeah. Is that all we got? Pretty much. You got um. When's the next video coming out, Daniel? Uh. Uh, I'm trying to get two off uh, during this All Star break. So hopefully, you know, just talk about some things because we're kind of halfway through the season. So I wanted to talk about some things that have been going on half, uh, first half of the season. So hopefully during the All Star break. And for everyone out there listening, make sure to go check him out at Kareem Gabar. That's K A R E E M G E B A R on TikTok and YouTube. Go check him out. Yeah, and I will have uh, the links to all your stuff on our uh, posts. So. For those listening, you could just click that wherever you're listening. Um, And that will do it for the Sports Report pod and class dismissed. Thank you for listening to the Sports Report podcast. Be sure to check out our Instagram at the Sports Report pod for more content and to never miss an episode. We'll see you next time. Score!